Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Kick 360 is back. Good stuff. Glad you're Good with stuff. us as well across the Outkick Network. If you're watching on YouTube, we hope you'll subscribe. Hit the like button. Give us a thumbs up. Also, ring that bell so you're alerted every time we go live and we post exclusive content to the channel. David Reed and Jakob Swanson making the show happen for us here at Blackbird Studios. Down the hall at the Blackbird Academy. Uh, Blackbirdacademy.com. Becca Risley, Sleepy Danny. Also, Sarah Triplett, our production assistant today. The crew is all here. Paul, welcome back. Thank you for having me back. I appreciate uh, you keeping the chair in the room. It's uh, here. You guys looked excellent yesterday. Uh, we'll talk soon about the piece of the show that I uh, feel the element. I don't of the like show to start shows criticizing people, yeah. but I think I will today. Um, Jacob Swanson. <laughs> What's he done? There's a lot of overhead on our shot today. Is this <laughs> go back to the three shot? Uh, usually we just get the actual oh cuts, the bookcase yeah. that are here. <laughs> Camera adjuster. And, uh, we're gonna. I mean, we're gonna take a break at some point and fix this. But I'm looking up. Uh, two things happen here. The, I got a sneeze right as we're coming on air. I wouldn't do that, Paul. I would not do that. Stop yeah. the camera. I, would not do I can't that. reach it. My cord we'll, doesn't go. We'll I'd be happy to adjust it. it. We'll let the professionals. My fix microphone it. cord doesn't reach. But uh, yeah, that's two, bad. Thing, two things happen to open. One, I get a sneeze right as we're about to come on air. Yes. And uh, that uh, it's also it's the worst timing. We all know this. You get a sneeze or something happens or a cough or your voice is going out at the worst possible time. The show's opening. I'm about to sneeze, so I'm already yeah. frustrated by that. Then we come on air, and I'm like, <laughs> why does it look like... Uh, Slouch down. Slouch it looks down. like the better. feds are filming us from afar on our conversation, and they're secretly recording us. The, the, the shot is way out of whack. This is fun. I look terrific it on the single shot. But that, that three shot is really It also looks like a solar eclipse is going on behind you with the frame, the yeah, photo. I don't yeah. know what, uh, there's a lot of things happening here today. Uh, Jacob Swanson really <laughs> I should bring some things for the shelf. Now, uh, this is, Let's fill up the shelf. Lance Lee, who we hope gets better, is uh, under the weather right we now. This is a great Lance. sales point for uh, Lance Lee getting back to direct uh, Jacob Swanson. Jacob, David Reed done a beautiful life. job transitioning the camera so far. I'm no Scorsese. Uh, I'm not a cinematographer either, but these guys do a great job to transition the camera. But the camera setup today is terribly lacking from Jacob Swanson. Yeah, I, I, uh, I mean, great notice by you right out of the gate. I mean, look at that. Like, I got a good, <laughs> go that's fine. It. But look the three that. shot. Look yeah. at all this up here. Well, all I would the say, spots. Did a clamp break? Schindler, so the hush up. Yeah, yeah, did did a clamp break? Jacob, do you want to defend yourself at all? Or you Jacob, just... your thoughts. No, I was actually looking at that exact same thing when <laughs> Chad brought it up. I was like, oh, boy, that something's <laughs> off here. That camera yeah. today. So, oh. so he's we'll, grateful that we called him. We'll fix it in the break. All right, yeah. look, we've got two hey, hours. we'll be back after these messages. We've got short breaks. <laughs> We're not taking a lot of time off here in these two hours. It's going to be fast-paced. 
will break just enough time for Jacob Swanson to fix whatever the hell this is going on right now in this three shot, and then we'll be we'll be ready to roll. We're already ready to roll, Hutton. We are. We've got uh, plenty on board today watching to start the show. The big headline across the globe is the Olympic Games in Tokyo will be held without fans. And they're not going to show shots that, like this from Tokyo because there'll be no fans in that empty yeah. space. They they are going without fans. That was announced this morning, and uh, it, it's not great, uh, to, to say the least, because uh, we were getting energized for the Olympic Games and then now knowing that we're going to be watching the Olympic Games without fans in attendance uh, sucks, quite frankly. They, they've decided to go without fans in Tokyo, um, for everything. And this starts now through August 22nd in Tokyo. So they're in a state of emergency for COVID and coronavirus. Uh, that means everything that takes place during the Olympic Games will be held without fans. Only those in the Olympic Village uh, will be attending anything going on with the Olympic Games. That would also mean that the opening ceremonies will be held without fans. You know, that's that site, that, the, 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 the appeal and the energy to that event uh, it's sucked right out of it now. And uh, I'm trying to think about all the different events where you hear the fans' energy. Chad was pointing out about prior to the show today, the, you know, the, swim, the swimming, uh, track and field, uh, gymnastics. Think about the sounds and the sights and sounds that we see and, and feel every two years, uh, every four years uh, for the Summer and Winter Olympic Games that we're not going to have now after being delayed for a year. If you're an athlete at the Olympics, Particularly if your event's early, I, I don't know what your travel plans are necessarily or how that's set up, but if you're, you're an athlete with an early event and you can stay, it, it, man, you can go sit front row for the rest of the, uh, of the Olympics and, and have yeah, a remarkable experience at seeing stuff, but your Olympic experience is nowhere near the same. Uh, my my I, guess I think is if, as soon as you're done, though, Paul. They're sending you home. No, you want to get out of there based on the protocols that you have to follow. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, it's a real shame. I think we missed fans for everything that yeah. there wo wasn't fans at. But I think, you know, as a TV viewer, I, I among the three of us, had the least hard time with it. Uh, you know, I, I was okay with watching a game for the game. But the Olympics, with the national fervor, or with rooting for a storyline and, and coming to root for some other country's heroic performance in their event when your country's out of it, you know, and the storylines and all of that, I think we will miss fans at the Olympics more than we've missed fans at anything else where yeah. fans were missing. Uh, I think it really takes a lot of the juice out of out of a thing that's lost a lot of juice as it is it's a made for tv product though um and I, I think nbc's hoping that if the americans go and do their part in it that maybe they can get the same fervor at home on our couches without the the background one thing that that i'm not clear on just as the news came out this morning is it's, it's worded specifically for any events held in Tokyo. Um, for, for, you know, the Summer Games in Atlanta in the, in the late 90s. Um, they went to the Okoye River. Yeah, they were in Tennessee. Like, so, so if you're outside of Tokyo, can you have? I don't know. I doubt it. Like that my initial impression is no. Nationwide. But the way, it's not nationwide, though. It's, it's specific to the Tokyo. city. No fans allowed right. in the city of Tokyo. So 
could could we actually see fans out? I, I don't know. I have, the problem with that though is the the places that would be out of the city aren't going to have a lot of fans no, anyways. That's, that's not true. something we're watching that's, for a fan. We're presuming the pool, yeah, the, the yeah, basketball, yeah. Yeah. It's all the there. gymnastics in are in the city. The equestrian event that's Track out of the city is is not the big fan draw event. So yeah. we're not, we're not going to miss the fans at the equestrian yeah, event when we take a peek. Yeah, um, that sucks. <laughs> it's just, you know. it was a big letdown. It was already cut to 50%. And then and they no met. international. And yes, exactly. And and now they've just said, they, they met and said no fans. Um, and the quote, as I'll pull it up here from CBS Sports, uh, the prime minister said, taking into consideration the effect of coronavirus variants and not to let the infection spread again to the rest of the nation, we need to strengthen our countermeasures. Given the situation, we will issue a state of emergency for Tokyo. Also, the economic... They are up 920 new COVID cases as of Wednesday. And this isn't just about uh, Japan. I mean, I I can understand safety here in that these athletes are coming from all over the place, and I have no idea what the situation is in all of these countries these people will be returning to in terms of vaccination, in terms of what they might be bringing in and taking back. So it's a tough spot for the Olympic people to, to be in in terms of huge numbers of people coming together and then going back to yep. countries where we have no idea what the situations are. Well, and it's – I'm having a hard time getting really excited for these Olympics to begin with. But I always say that, and then when they get How here, I, I get, are, are I get excited. Yeah, there's no the buildup, right? Once they're here then and they're see, on all the you time, the you start watching. Yeah, I mean, in. you know, Paul, you said it's lost so much luster. Well, I don't remember in 2016 not being into the Olympics, the last summer Olympics in Rio, right? I mean, it, it, you it get, happens and you get, you get up for it when it happens. Mm-hmm. But the cheese factor is high in the Olympics. And what I mean by that is uh, UW on uh, the YouTube chat said, you know, I know Paul hates pageantry. But are they doing a parade of nations, for instance? There is a pageantry cheese element to the Olympics that I love. I covet every four years. I love hearing the sob stories of these athletes. I love hearing about the mom and dad who sacrificed for the kid. Then they pan up to the stands, and there's the, the, right. uh, the, the parents of the American Holding water the polo goalie during the water polo match, and they're interviewing them. During it, all of that is taken away with no fans. Now, this was done before with no international fans. I thought it was going to be a sham when it was only you know Japanese citizens that were going to be allowed <laughs> at 50% capacity. Now you take away that even, it makes it even worse. But I think when they wouldn't allow international fans to be there, it took away a lot of the luster of what we watched the Olympics for. Yes, we watch for the sporting events first and foremost, but there is something that is so specific to the Olympic experience every two years now when you watch and part of that is seeing the family members and friends of the athletes even at sporting events that aren't widely attended right there's not a huge sold-out crowd for the early pool play of water polo or for handball but the stories are what brings you back and seeing the family members they got just things like that that go away it's a real bummer. I, I, I'm with you. I, I, I'm more into the pageantry for this, but what you're talking about, the beauty of it is the infrequency of it, right? So it's only every four years you build for this moment. There's all this stuff about is the time, you know, if the timing is off for you, you're totally screwed. 
because you have to wait another four years? Are you too old? Is the influx of talent in your sport take away your opportunity? All of that is what gets me, right? The desperation for this moment that you've worked behind the scenes where nobody gave a damn in most of these sports, right? Swimming. <clears throat> we haven't watched swimming since the last Olympics. And we won't watch swimming again till the next Olympics. But here's this huge moment. Um, Pat Forty, the excellent writer, who's, where is he, Yahoo? Yep. Uh, his daughter, Brooke, qualified on the swim team. She went to Stanford. He wrote this fantastic column. It's right what you're talking about. She had COVID issues during training. She couldn't find places to train. She had kind of a, a mental breakdown where she got out of the pool in the middle of a race where she couldn't take it anymore. And she qualified on the last spot on the last relay team. And he snuck kind of backstage to greet her after this whole thing came. It's, um, you know, I'm getting goosebumps talking about reading this story, which we'll tweet out. There's no way you can't have a soft spot for this stuff. And I think, you know, it's an incredible TV production as it is. Fans not being there will take away from it, certainly. But I bet it's still an incredible TV production, and we'll wind up wrapped up in some of it, a good deal of it anyway. When it comes down to a hundredth of a, section, a second on somebody touching the wall or, you know, the judging of a, of a half turn on a landing on the floor routine or whatever it is, there's, it just turns out to be compelling almost all the time. No fans being there will take some of it away. How much? That, that's what we're going to be left to judge. Fess and Chris on the YouTube chat are saying, just postpone it again. You've already done it once. Wait until next summer. The issue with that is, who knows what's going to be happening next summer? I mean, we've already had the trials in the United States. And, They're all ready to go. Right? I, mean, I mean, everybody's But at this rate, like if we're looking at every variant of COVID-19, and I've seen a, a bunch of them popping up, who knows that they're going to be allowed to have fans a year from now at an international event like this? What does this do for the World Cup? Well, but eventually, you, I mean, is it? Are we going to? You know, it, you, well, you to, talk uh, about people coming from all these different countries. You don't know the vaccination process in these countries. You don't know the state of those countries. You could say that at every Olympics or every World Cup, when it comes to different things, there could be an outbreak of something. Right in a country that you don't know about and it's you're bringing everyone in the to mix together. Incubate. So, I mean, I, I don't want to be doomsday here, but what does this do and set the precedent for more international events out there like the World Cup? No, oh, and if you ask these kids, you want to delay it a year and have your parents, you want it now, I think they're going to say, want it now. I've already postponed. I've been training. I'm ready. I, well, there's I no want more, to compete. Let's be honest, though. There's no more delay. It would be canceled. Uh, next year, the Winter Olympics... You have that going on in Beijing. And then you're two years away. And then, three years and away then you're from... on building protocol and time constraints in Paris, which will host the Summer Olympics in 2024. Um, that's three years away. They, would, they wouldn't push it and kick the can down the road again. I think they would just cancel it at this point if they're, not going, to, if they're not going to host it now. I don't think you'd have to cancel it. I don't, you could have a summertime Olympic. I mean, we did it forever until recently, and the Winter Olympics in the same year. So that wouldn't prevent anything. Um, what's going on in Paris has nothing to do with what's going on with the Tokyo Committee. If everything's ready to go now, theoretically, it would be ready to go again next year. The problem, though, is the athletes. You can't do it to the athletes again, especially after 
I've been seeing on NBC or NBC Sports Network every night is Olympic trials of something. Right. So yeah. it's all people have qualified. Things have happened. Then you're going to ask them. They're to set to go to Tokyo. To yeah, you, you already go. You got to go ahead and do it and yep. make it a TV product. Sucks for Tokyo. Yeah. I mean, think about the hit they're taking financially. We've seen the stories about how much money you lose and how detrimental it can be to host an Olympics. As it is for certain cities. And now you lose. Now your take away all fans, all ability to attend the event. I mean, they're not making. How much money is Tokyo making off you know TV rights globally? I don't know. That's all you're getting now. But you're, you're taking away the else. gate and you're taking away the economy of yes. people eating, drinking, staying at hotels, flying into your airport, all, all of that stuff. Huge flying into the and airport. If you, I mean, if you don't gone, hold them, you have empty buildings. Like at yeah, some point, you run into Paris' time. For some of this stuff. They're building venues. They've spent billions to host the Olympics. LA is sp- spending a huge amount of money to host the Summer Olympics in 2028. So they're, they're, they're not just going to continue to move other Olympic games down the road in order to allow Tokyo to host. I this think at some point you just have to host without fans or, or do it now with fans. This I, is a separate conversation. But again, I don't know why you would have to, you keep saying they would have to, they wouldn't have to hold up the other Olympic games to move the Tokyo Olympics just for a year. You could, again, you could still have in the summer then have the Winter Olympics because these organizing committees, they aren't the Olympics. The Olympics just goes and hosts the events everywhere, but it's up to the cities to build everything. So what's right. going on in Paris has nothing to do with what's going on in Tokyo. Right. But, it's again, the reason you can't do it is, is because of the athletes. I think, it, it, theoretically, Tokyo could say, guys, we're getting screwed here. Next summer we're going to be fine. we got we got to postpone it again to allow fans. And then I think the Olympic organizing committees of each individual country says, no, we can't do that. Sorry that your economy is going to be hurt by this, but we have to play these games this year. And we we've heard nothing longer. about this from what, what you're reading, Hutton. This is uh, our people suggesting that this would be a, a, a solution. Yeah, that, this is not even not. a possibility I've seen thrown out I, there. I this think is just uh, some of our viewers. Separate of this, I, I've suggested this before and I've read it before, I think we need to get to a point where Olympics only go to cities that have hosted them recently. You almost get into a Super Bowl-like rotation. To, to go to new places and build venues is not a financially viable thing anymore. You can go back to, to Rio. Rio is a bad example because it was a real financial strain. But go back to places that have the infrastructure for it, update that infrastructure, which is still very expensive. But if you go to a new city that needs to build, you know, one-third of the venues from scratch and everything. I, I don't know why you'd invest in that anymore. I think the world I, is beyond that. I totally disagree. Um, but part of the reason I watch the Olympics is because I never would have known about Lillehammer, Norway, unless I watched the Winter Olympics in 94. Uh, it has to go to new places. I, I hate that. I hate the stale rotation of countries. I'll go a step further. The Olympics should not be in Asia back-to-back times, three straight times. With the Winter Olympics. No, I agree with that. It needs Just to bounce continents. On the clock. Mm-hmm. should not go from Tokyo to Beijing to, what was it, Pyongyang a few years back. I think Sochi may have been in between. You need to mix and match continents. Just for it the goes to North America, Europe, Asia, South America. Mix it up with that. And also, I'm not here to spend these cities money. We know that it's an economic drain. But if uh, Copenhagen, Denmark decides that they want to spend the money to host an Olympics because they think it's valuable to them, do it. I'm, I'm all for it. If you want to make that, I mean, my point is I'm not being the financial keeper of these cities across the world. If they feel like it's beneficial to them, even if they lose a lot of money, 
because they want to build these facilities, go right ahead. And it's only better for the viewer if you bounce it around. So according to, I'm, I'm reading, uh, this is ABC reports, uh, the postponement of last year's Olympic Games to this year cost the country $3.5 billion. That's why they're not going to postpone again. Yeah. It's the financial cost of kicking it down the road even further, uh, which sucks. Isn't it crazy, again, though, I, that it would cost them more to postpone it than it is to host Olympics with no fans? fans. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, that's crazy with the cost analysis of that. Coming up, we hit some other headlines, including the NBA Finals. Paul chimes in on our take from yesterday on Pred's PR. We get that later in the show, later this hour. Tennessee Power Hour includes an event that Chad's headed to host in Knoxville later tonight for NIL, which is in, in partnership with the University of Tennessee and their players. Um, really intrigued to get Chad's take on what this event will entail and some of the things he's going to be bringing up on stage for the event he's going to MC, And also, Derrick Henry's quest uh, for 10,000 yards and a career rushing. What, what's the likelihood of that? Paul recently wrote this, and uh, we will get into some of the details of that straight ahead. Did you notice? Uh, Jacob, let's see that three shot. It's beautiful. Hey, look how he fixed well that mysteriously. I mean, on the fly. Look. Yeah, on the fly. This was also a real display of Jacob Swanson's ability and flexibility to do something on the fly. Yeah. Um, so we really highlighted Lance Lee, his significance with him being absence. out with that. But also Jacob took a, something that could have been a real downer for him in the eyes of the he company and really elevated it to show just how flexible he can be. While David Reed continues to do good work in what is an amazing hat. He never wants to show the hat on camera, the, way, the, the way it's angled, but this uh, old school opera. Let's see hat the three shot one more time. Look. <laughs> uh, Jacob doing things on the fly. Uh, here is your segue, Chad. Yep. If you're hesitant oh. to unbutton your fly in the bedroom, mydrhank.com oh. slash outkick is the website to go visit. Look, erectile dysfunction, it, 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 it affects over half men. It does not make you have to feel like half of a man. Since 2017, My Dr. Hank has been making America hard again. My Dr. Hank gets you low-cost ED meds to overcome the psychological and emotional barriers to getting ED treatment, and everything is discreet. Same pill, lower price. You should not feel embarrassed. It affects over half of men out there, but if you want to have something shipped discreetly to your home, my Dr. Hank can do that for you, and they're going to ship it from a pharmacy in the United States. For the right price, Paul. 50% off your first subscription order if you go to mydrhank.com slash outkick. Uh, you sign up, you get your first subscription order, 50% off, quite a deal. Mydrhank.com slash outkick. Time to make it rain. The Outkick 360 Daily Parlay from FanDuel.com slash OK360. That is the link you can go hit. You can get up to a $1,000 risk-free bet as a first-time user. We'll tell you about some other great offers as well, including the McGregor-Poirier fight. That's straight ahead. But first, Chad, you have the honor of the parlay today. Paul, honor. Paul sent honor. his in yesterday. Um, while some of the legs of the parlay in the England match came to fruition, it just did not happen in the 90 minutes that it needed to happen in for us to win. So therefore, 
We lose. <laughs> it's the small victories. I had two wins, but that's a decent um, stretch for us. So, Chad. I accept. You're up. Paul did a good job. I'm about to do a better job. Good. Right now. That's, that's the goal. That's we want to be want. winners. We want to make you winners. So we're going to go with a same-game parlay. We're going back to the well that Paul played beautifully and won last time with game two tonight. We're going to go Suns minus five. DeAndre Ayton over 16.5 points. Mikel Bridges over 11.5 points. P.J. Tucker over 4.5 points. P.J. Tucker, the old man for the Bucks. All we need is five points Get out of here to tonight. Get to the line, P.J. We need another Suns win. We need him to cover that five. And we need DeAndre Ayton and Mikel Bridges to do what they should do in this game. If we do that, that's a nice little payoff. $5 bet makes you close to $54. That is the parlay for tonight. It's a very nice uh, payoff. I've had a little run. I, well, I lost our parlay. I had a very good night the other night. I'm trying to not see that as a sign that I should make 10 bets a night uh, and blow the gains in one fell swoop. But I am using some Jacob strategy um, and, and we'll be doing a multi-multi-leg thing on separate of this on the, on the basketball tonight. Um, also, for first-time users, UFC pay-per-view coming up this Saturday for UFC 264. 30 to 1 odds boost. You bet $5, you can win 150 on McGregor or Poirier to win. It's just a straight money line bet. You can get 30 to 1 odds as a new user to FanDuel Sportsbook. The max bonus is $150. You, you, you must deposit $10, then bet $5 as your first bet. McGregor or Poirier to win. You sign up at FanDuel.com slash OK360. FanDuel.com slash OK360, UFC 264 this Saturday, July 10th. The main card starts at 9 o'clock Central, 10 in the East. Also, we will be taking better advantage. Certainly on Fridays, we need to talk about uh, maybe look ahead to Sunday night baseball and some things we anticipate there. It's terrific. You can bet $10 on uh, at least three or four leg parlay on Sunday night baseball. That is a money back uh, element. Another element. Talking a lot of elements uh, now. But I've been having a lot of fun with that Sunday night thing where you can risk a lot without much um, takeaway if you, do, if you fail. And if you do well, cha-ching. NBA Finals game two tonight as we see the Suns and the Bucks, where Phoenix leads one game after winning game one on, uh, earlier this week uh, on Tuesday. Chad, you're, you're going Phoenix again. You're doubling down. Phoenix minus five, which is roughly the same line as game yep. one. Uh, we know Giannis is actually playing mm -hmm. in this. Um, and, and what we saw in the bucks Hawks series, it always went the opposite of what you expected to happen, where the Bucks would win one on the road, and you thought the Bucks would return home and, and pick up another game and win back-to-back. -back. That didn't happen until the end of the series, and we saw some updets, upsets and some blowouts. Um, I just I hope for some compelling games throughout this series, and I people are predicting the Suns to sweep now. I hope it's not that bad. No, I don't think I think Milwaukee's going to win a game or two in Milwaukee, and I am much less confident in the Suns winning and covering that spread as opposed to Game One. Even though I'm picking them to cover the spread, my confidence factor is way down. I was really confident the Suns were going to take Game One and cover the spread. Now I was more confident when Giannis wasn't going to play, right. <laughs> but I was still pretty confident even after uh, it was announced he was playing. Um, notice who I did not include in that parlay, anything about Chris Paul. I, I just don't see Chris Paul 
matching that game one performance tonight. So I'm hesitant to put any money on him doing something to match what he did in game one. That's why I went to different Suns players doing some things in this game. But I know I, I fully believe uh, Suns the better team. They were a favorite coming into this series for a reason. I think they take care of home court tonight and go up 2-0. But I'm with you, Hutton. I don't see this as a sweep scenario in this series. I think Milwaukee's going to win a game or two up in Milwaukee. You know, both teams have the – and Giannis is a superstar. Chris Paul is very well known. Uh, but both teams have center court to grow some, some personality – across the country with the Suns and the Bucks. The problem, Chad, is you were saying the ratings were down significantly. Yeah, this is, uh, it was Richard Deitch I saw retweet someone who covers ratings and covers television. Ratings are down 35% from two years ago. 2019 finals, Warriors, Raptors. It's down 35% from that finals. It's up from the COVID, uh, the shut-in finals Sterile from bubble. a year ago. It's up, but you can't. Hutton, you brought up this point. The NBA is trying to make the comparison to last year yeah, with playoff ESPN numbers and ratings and everything else. And yeah. that's, a, that's a cute way to manipulate the numbers to make it look like it's improving when it's not. I said this on Tuesday going into game one. Great opportunity for the NBA. They've got new stars that are in the spotlight. You've got new franchises in the spotlight in the finals that are homegrown with their talent for the most part. It's a big opportunity. If they could just hold serve and have decent ratings, I think that was going to be a great sign for the NBA. My prediction, though, was ratings are going to tank because it's mm. Phoenix and Milwaukee. Keep in mind also, Toronto-Golden State was historically down because there's not a U.S. demographic with Toronto Raptors in the finals. So and that's it's also an exception. It's 35% down from You go that. back three years. Right. I mean, the, the, it's 50% it's down from 2018, which was LeBron and the Cavs versus the Warriors. So uh, that's not good news uh, for the NBA. Uh, I saw someone tweet. It's one of the things that just, I don't know if infuriates is the right word, but annoys me, um, saying that uh, because I tweeted about the NBA ratings and my prediction they were going to be down, that I'm just a Clay Travis wannabe, <laughs> and that ever since we left the other show that I'm a Clay Travis wannabe. I said nothing about politics being the driving force in that. I mean, you need to learn how to read uh, when you see that tweet. I haven't talked about the politics pushing it down as much as Phoenix and Milwaukee is pushing it down. We talked about how the politics of LeBron James isn't helping with a large majority of viewers and, and sports fans out there. But give but me a he's break. Not here because I predicted that the ratings would be down because it's Phoenix and Milwaukee does not make me mimicking anything Clay Travis has said about it. You can have two separate opinions on why ratings would be down. By the way, it's the correct opinion because ratings are down. So whatever reason Clay wants to throw out there and whatever reason I want to throw out there, it doesn't matter. The fact is ratings are down, as I predicted. Uh, but it's just annoying that people can't read what I'm, I'm tweeting with that. Well, it's, it's a Phoenix... Milwaukee problem. Yes, NBA has a broader problem that we have discussed, but the ratings are down because you had Steph Curry and you had you know Clay Thompson and Kawhi. You had bigger stars the last time the ratings were decent for a series, and then the year before that it was LeBron and the Cavs and Kyrie Irving, and it was the Warriors super team. That that's the problem with the NBA. And Hutton, I'll branch it out even further. This was an opportunity for the NBA because what do we love about the NFL? Parity. Yeah. Any team can go to the Super Bowl. 
You don't have to have the huge star power. It doesn't matter, and people are going to watch no matter what. What this is telling me is people are going to watch the NBA when the super teams make it because you either love them or hate them. When the Heat and they had their run, everyone was tuning into those finals because most people hated what the Heat did with that super team, and they were rooting against them. Now that you have two homegrown teams that are playing really good basketball, people aren't tuning into the finals. That's not a good sign for the league. I'm a close game guy, right? I don't care about the size of the markets. I'll accept the guys that are in the games, though, uh, and, and certainly I could look at this more reasonably than a lot of people as a chance to grow stars. But to me, the number one thing that holds that game back, game one, is that it's a 13-point game. And if you're watching it, like a lot of people watch it, at least uh, stay with it as long as it's compelling or tune in for the fourth quarter to see how compelling it is. When it's a 13-point game, it doesn't hold you. And so when we talked about what was going to happen ratings-wise, we undersold or didn't mention enough, and I'll raise my hand because of this is my big thing. Give me a compelling game. Give me a game that goes down to the last shot or the last two possessions. And that's going to keep ratings up. You're not going to say, well, I'm going to bed. This game is over. Or, uh, you know, what else is on the, the fourth quarter? It's not very compelling. So what they need tonight, if the ratings are going to build, yeah, you'd like a great star performance. But first and foremost, to me, what holds people's attention in a game that they're neutral on is a game that's going to come down to a final shot, a game that's nip and tuck with a bunch of lead changes. That, that to me, is the kind of game I stick around for and tune in for. If it's a 30-point blowout, I've got no interest in it. If it's a 13-point game, I'm not, I'm not that excited about it. Well, the, the answer is Clay and Chad are both right. Because the numbers are telling us that people have just completely tuned out the NBA. They're not even checking to see if it's a close game or not. Uh, 2019, uh, the games averaged 15, 15 million viewers uh, with the Raptors and the Warriors. 2018, uh, 17.5 million. 2017, 20 million. 2016, 20 million. 2015, 19 million. Last year, they averaged seven and a half million viewers, and this year is less than what we're seeing, um, and it's dropped, what, 30, 30% 30 plus? 35%. From 2019, which is low compared to what we've seen recently from 2015 to 2018. Uh, they've, they've had a, a, a section of their fan base that has dropped off. They're not tuning in regardless of who's playing in these games. Well, and they have a... Um, and ESPN is flipping it to make it seem like the ratings are up because they're comparing it to August's bubble last year. Well, and what you're talking about, Paul, that does help with the stick-with-the-game ratings factor and the end of the game. People tune in with five minutes left because it's really tight. You can see the that Twitter bump buzz in ratings at the very end. Texting yeah, in. but 35% drop-off isn't because it's a 15-point no, game. but it game. doesn't help. It doesn't help, but, I mean, that's, there's bigger issues when it's a 30... That's people never tuning into it. When it was 0-0 to start the game, people weren't tuning into it. And I think we're going to talk about this a little bit with Otani and baseball. Yes. But there is an anger factor with the NBA. Um, uh, Tony on, on Twitter just reminded me of this. says, who cares? No one is talking about it. I guarantee if you did a poll on the streets of Nashville, Tennessee, less than 10% of people would be able to tell you who is playing. It's not just a um, I don't care. 
you know, if you like it, great. I don't care. With too many people, it's a, how dare you talk about it, <laughs> right? Yeah. It, baseball, to me, is the opposite. We're going to talk about this with Otani. The, baseball is a, the, I can't get people that aren't into baseball to even look at an Otani highlight or care about his well, stats. He's you know, about, it's just a complete turnoff factor there. if you're not into it's it. It's crazy. And I think the same could be said with soccer. There's an anger level uh, with NBA that they've got to combat. I mean, it would almost be better for them to get back to the, I just don't, I, don't, I haven't liked the NBA since Jordan. You know, for He's going, an argument you would see. It's going to be hard to avoid Otani. If you're trying to avoid highlights, it's going to be hard to avoid Otani next weekend. Why would you want to avoid him? I, I don't understand. Well, he's, so he's going to pitch and hit in the All-Star game. He's so before the game derby. is even played, he's going to be the highlight reel. He's going to win the home run derby before that. And, yeah, and he's participating in the home run derby. So he's off, the number one seed in the home run derby. They have seeds now this year in the, in the so derby. So he's on full display for the entire weekend. I mean, that, that's tremendous and it's for him. What, to it, me, this brings in outsiders. This, this is exactly what baseball needs. This is what every sport needs. You want to be somebody that's featured. Look, the nightly news is no big deal now, right? But that's the example I'm going to use. This is something that gets covered outside of the sports world. Here's a guy doing something that nobody's done since Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. It's an otherworldly thing. It's just not done. He's pitching. He's got a 3.36 ERA, I believe, after just getting shelled in one of his last two starts and only getting two outs. And he's the number one slugger in baseball. What do we love? Home runs above all else. He's the best home run hitter in the game right now. And he's a regular starter, the best starter on his team, one of the 25 best starters in baseball. It completely resets what's possible in, in a game. It takes us back to the best time, not in baseball, to the best time conceivably in sports, to the time that invented sports as a big deal in America, to Babe Ruth. Here's the problem with everything you're saying, Paul. And just everyone out there, this is a little social experiment for you. Go pick out an Otani clip or a, a tweet that has one of these ungodly-like stats that he's producing with ERA and home runs and everything and what he's doing with all of it. And show that to a sports fan who's not really into baseball and watch their eye roll. They don't give a damn. I can show you a clip of Conor McGregor to someone who's not a sports fan and they will watch it and love it. And they'll want to know more about Conor McGregor. If there's a knockout in a UFC event, they're going to want to know more about it. I love baseball, so I love the Otani story. Major League Baseball is 100% right to feature this guy as much as possible, the way they are in the All-Star game. I think there are tons of Japanese fans tuning into the MLB and, yeah. and Angels games for that reason. I don't think it's making a dent in this country. I think, I think baseball has a big uh, lethargy problem. I think that people who aren't into it, there's not a there's not a stat, there's not a video, there's not anything you can show them to get into it. I would compare it to soccer in that respect. People are either so into it or just so blah about the sport that there's nothing you can tell them See, that would get them excited I, about it. I think you're kinda, Here's the other I problem think... with this, though, Paul. One other quick point. All of this greatness with, with Otani and with Trout and everything else, the Angels are nine and a half games out of first. Yeah. But they are 44 and 42. I don't understand how a team can have two generational talents. Before Otani, we're all saying Mike Trout's the best player in baseball. Mike Trout's the best player in baseball. He's been in the playoffs once. How can an organization fail two of the best players of their generation to this level? They're bad. 
I mean, we're, there's no chance that they're going to be in the playoffs. He's been uh, out. He's maybe been out. there is. He's but. been out for a good stretch this year, hurt. But I, I agree with your point up to a up to a time. I think if you show a non-soccer fan a messy direct kick where he bends the ball ridiculously into the corner, people who are sports fans say, "Wow, that's remarkable." I don't like soccer, but this athletic accomplishment in this 15 seconds you're showing me is something special. And I, th- I don't understand how you don't look at, at Otani in the same thing. If I get, give you 15 <laughs> seconds of this line drive home run I showed you guys last week against the Yankees where the ball off the bat is just utterly remarkable and then show you his best pitch diving through the strike zone and somebody just looking foolish swinging at it, I don't see how if you're a fan of athletic feats, never mind the sport, just athleticism, you see those two things and you wouldn't say, wow, that's pretty extraordinary that he's doing those two things. Give me the 15 seconds of Messi. Give me the 15 seconds of Otani. Give me the 15 seconds of McGregor. The 15 seconds of whatever. If you show me somebody doing something remarkable in his sport, if you're a sporting person, if you're an admirer of great athletic accomplishments, I don't see how you ignore it. I don't like the NBA. But if you show me one of these guys doing something remarkable, I'll say, wow, that, that, he chased him down and blocked that shot? That's incredible. But the, I think the issue you run into with the soccer comparison with this is show that messy bending kick for a goal. And then my response would be, well, how many Messies are there that are playing in the world that I can watch? If I tune into this random game, am I going to see a Messi out there? How often does a play like that happen? So if I'm going to sit through an entire soccer game that's going to be 0-0, a lot of times. How many times am I going to see a play like that? Well, I'm not recruiting the NBA, you to soccer, the NBA, I'm recruiting you to Messi. The NBA, and I'm recruiting okay, you to Otani. You can recruit me to whoever you want, but I'm saying to turn on to the sport. I would tune in to watch Otani pitch. Okay. If well, that's, that's a case. win for Major League Baseball. But I, I just think Otani. that people who are, there's no, we talk a lot about this, like the, the third party blending in factor. Um, I could see myself becoming an MMA fan because crazy bleep happens in MMA fights. If I watch a UFC event, I'm, I'm bound to see something nutso happen. Someone's going to get knocked out. Some, there's going to be a great fight. Something's going to happen. I'm not going to know who the participants are. But if I tune into an event, I'm going to see that. Tuning into a soccer event, the chances of you seeing that messy highlight you're talking about, it's remarkable when you see it. I tuned in in time to see Harry Kane's penalty kick yesterday for England. Spoiler alert for those that record these games like Paul. Uh, if you're waiting you watch to watch it, it within today. 24 hours. Um, I, I watched that. I'm like, that's cool. Like I get to see the English crowd go nuts at Wembley. And it was a cool moment. I'm glad that I tuned in to see it. But the recurring elements of that is not as much in soccer. And, and I think with baseball, there's just, again, do the social experiment we're talking about. Talk to someone who's not into baseball right now. Tell them about Otani show them Otani, and just see if they get excited. Because I would think, Paul, to your point, if you're a fan of great athletic feats, then you would say, you know, if he's at bat, that's a guy I want to tune over and see. When he's pitching, I want to watch him pitch. I think the Angels also, uh, honestly hurt this also. Yeah, no, he's, West in Coast, a, that, he's on the wrong and team. And a team that's not he's that relevant. He's on the wrong team. That's what I was going to get to. If he's playing on the East Coast. They might be cutting a, in on at-bats. If he's on deal. the Yankees or Red Sox. They're cutting in on at-bats. It's, they're starting it's to a think much about bigger it. deal. Yeah, but I mean – ESPN could do that right now. West Coast means Sports Center's on. They could go live to Otani at bats live on Sports Center. They should be cutting uh, away from Van Pelt to go live to every at bat, the way they would with Barry Bonds back in the day. And that, I mean, that's if you really want to pump this guy 
and sell it? I mean, I, I think you could theoretically do that. It would help if he was American for sure also, but the guy does have a delightful person. I mean, he is having fun. This is not some stoic guy or a jerk either. He's yeah. laughing. Well, all these pitchers are miserable with being tested for their stuff. And they're dropping their pants and they're bitter. He's laughing with the umps. Go ahead, check my stuff, you know, whatever. You don't know that much about his personality, granted, because he's not uh, primarily an English speaker. But every time they show him, he's, he's laughing. He's having fun. And I think that, that scores for the guy as well. Also, he's gigantic. Like, I don't know how much you guys have watched him. The more you watch him, the more you get. Like, this is a big dude. He's got the Bunyan-esque story, too, which I think adds to it. I'm fascinated by him. I, I think it's an amazing, remarkable story. Get on board. Needs to be traded to the East Coast. Trade him to the right I, team. I know a team that's desperate for this guy. No, it, it could be any team on the East Coast. I know. But if it's the one team I'm talking about, it really explodes. Because you know a Yankee story is is leading Sports Center every night if yeah. this guy's involved. He's 6'4", 203. It's pretty solid baseball. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah. I mean, he's still leading the charge for baseball on Sports Center, But it's not... It's not the sizzle, sizzle. It's not the buzz that you would expect from a guy that's doing what he's doing in 2021. And the lack of a pennant race hurts. Them. And maybe it, yeah, that, that's true. And maybe we see more of this now that the All Star break is coming up, and he's going to be featured all weekend on on ESPN well, program. If he has a big All Star break, which I anticipate he will. It'll add. Coming up, Paul's thoughts on a conversation that came up. Very randomly yesterday, as part of David Reed's primary complaint with the Nashville Predators. Paul has been a part of this behind the scenes with us. This has been going on for years. And he was not here to join the conversation. He has the floor next on Outkick 360. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. Glad you're with us. The crew is all here. Back together after Paul had the day off yesterday, and uh, Paul, you you missed an unprompted segment uh, that Reed approached with, during primary complaint, and it spilled over into the Tennessee Power Hour. And you sent us a text last night and said, "I, I want to give my thoughts on this." We we have not discussed this uh, other than you telling us that you did watch the segment. I watched the segment this morning, and uh, I thought you guys did a great job. Um, I. Uh, we try not to be overly self-congratulatory here. I, th I know some people would argue with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we, maybe we don't rein ourselves in enough on that. I, I will say this, and I, I know you guys uh, experience this sometimes when you're away as well and you uh, listen or watch. Um, I, I mean, it was just a great conversation. Uh, the tempo, um, the, the measured... Um, thoughtfulness to it, I, I was really impressed. I was like, hey, those guys are really good. Um, <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, don't, I don't have too, too much to add. Uh, my thing, is, so to reset the conversation, you talk about the, the Predators PR department, uh, Kevin Wilson in particular, who heads it up, and his reluctance to, to deal with us in a uh, reliable and consistent way. Um, when we consistently had excellent con conversations with David Poyle, when he was a guest of our old show at 104.5 The Zone. 
um, which for him was competition with the with the radio station that basically is supported by the Predators, uh, 102.5 The Game. Now, David Poyle uh, has a, we have a great relationship with David Poyle. As far as we know, everything that we have is straight with David Poyle. David Poyle said something in one of our most recent interviews with him that was technically critical of Kevin Wilson. And Kevin Wilson took that as us embarrassing the organization or making David Poyle angry. Kevin, you've got to be a little bit more self-aware. And I think that the, the problems with PR organizations, PR departments, come when they lose any semblance of self-aware. The best PR people don't hold the grudges and are self-aware and are able to move on and on. Kevin Wilson holds grudges. He's held a grudge with us um, and, and it's unclear why. I, I don't deal with Kevin Wilson. I don't know him personally. I've left that for you guys. It's probably good that I've not been in the middle of it because I'm the most explosive of us and I would have probably caused the relationship to end sooner than it's going to end and it's probably going to end now because Kevin Wilson is not, from what I know, the type of person who could hear criticism of him in a venue like this and, and then approach to have a conversation to resolve things rather than cutting us off and making us suffer because that's the power that he has. And if, if we suffer the loss of David Poyle, as you guys said, we'll deal with that and we're able to discuss the Predators without your help. But what we should do is have a sit down and hash all this out, quite frankly, whether you're there or not with your superiors who continue to support this kind of behavior unnecessarily. And there's going to be more that comes out of what you've told us that's going to hurt you even worse. And that's not a threat. That's just the way things are. You have to be able, Kevin Wilson, to, to accept your responsibility in the fracturing of a relationship that was entirely unnecessary and say my bad. And PR departments in general do not have a good history in this town of saying my bad. Okay, when I ask Derek Henry a question that includes, uh, that says something like, don't you get tired once in a while of the defense consistently putting you guys in a position where you have to do all the work and say, this, uh, this is, this sucks ass, I think I said, <laughs> or something like that. And then I'm accused by a, a a person lower on the PR totem pole of swearing at Derrick Henry, that, that's a ridiculously emotional response, okay? I apologize to Titans PR a lot for when I fly off the handle and stuff. I never get apologized to when something ridiculous like that is said to me. It needs to be a two-way street. Um, so I, I just think he made things consistently difficult, and this idea that he didn't know that we left the zone that he didn't know what OutKick 360 is. A, he's lying, or B, he's really terrible at his job because part of what your job is is to know the landscape of the media in your city. And if you don't know the media landscape of your city to that degree, I wonder what you're doing in your position outside of mangling relationships between a semi-powerful show and your GM and not knowing what's going on with the city. I suspect we're not going to have any conversations with you because what you're going to do is shut us down and pretend like this doesn't exist. And I'll tell you straightforwardly, that is a monstrous disservice to your franchise. Wake up, fix it with us, and let's move on with our lives. Well said. And look, I, I had a, a, a professional relationship with Kevin. 
Um, it's not like it's been hard over the years dealing with them and setting things up. I get the sense that he's speaking on certain uh, on behalf of certain people within the org within the organization, namely Sean Henry, the CEO of the Nashville Predators. Um, he definitely spoke on Sean's behalf on the phone call I had. We were requesting Poyle and the reasons why Poyle wouldn't come, and those reasons have changed. Uh, and the uh, scarcity of the emails that have been sent back and forth, uh, we've sent several. The replies have been uh, few. Um, so, look, we're just to a point where we're going on air with it because we can and because in the past we were told not to. Well, let, let me say one more thing here. We don't deal with the Predators on any sort of regular basis or Kevin Wilson. There are a lot of people that deal with Kevin Wilson on a far more frequent basis that we do who have issues with Kevin Wilson. So that speaks volumes, I think. Right. I don't know if Kevin is oblivious to this. I don't know if Kevin thrives on this. But that's not the way you run good PR. And I know that Sean Henry has had conversations with people on the media side of this. So I don't know if he doesn't care or what. But for an organization that is so fan friendly to be so at odds with the media so frequently doesn't make sense. So I'm asking you, Nashville Predators, why do you not care about this? There's a, a chance for you to open the dialogue. I know you've thrown out a survey to the media, a meaningless survey, that didn't do anything to change anything. Do you want things to change? Or are you satisfied with the status quo where most people, when they pick up the phone or write an email to Kevin Wilson, do not anticipate a good response? I don't, again, the technical you know, description, media relations. It's not public relations, it's media relations is, is Kevin Wilson's job. If your job is media relations, you need to know what media does and where they are. So. Going back to something you hit on Hutton and you hit on Paul, not knowing that we aren't at our previous employer and not knowing where we are and then learning where we are and immediately coming back, and I don't want to take away from Hutton's conversation, but basically immediately starting to give reasons of, uh, of, 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 of OutKick and what you don't like about OutKick. <laughs> well, it seems like you knew a little something about OutKick, OutKick 360, beforehand. Um, I just don't, I don't know why it has to be this way. I'm not looking to be totally buddy-buddy with the Preds. The reason I hope that you're watching this show and you listen to this show is because Paul said it. I've heard from multiple media people yesterday that said, thank you for calling out Kevin Wilson and Sean Henry because we've had similar problems with them in the past. These people are never going to say anything about that. Because the repercussions they suffer affect their daily work in a way that doesn't affect our daily It doesn't. And I, I understand why a lot of these people aren't going to say anything. I'm not blaming them for not saying and reaching out to me privately and thanking us for doing it. We have the ability to do that now with our job. We can call people out for what they are, for who they are, and we don't have to fear repercussions locally because of that. So this is not me wanting a, a, a response from the Preds, an apology, anything else. This is me wanting them to do their job better or find someone that will because this cannot be happening to everyone you encounter. I don't know how many allies they have over there that haven't been threatened. The, the allies you threaten... Well, they're on the payroll. The allies, the allies you threaten... The game. The, 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 no. 
I didn't work for the game. No, I'm saying they're they had allies, no problem. The predators allies. They had no problem the threatening me when I was breaking news and saying, "Well, what we're going to do now is pull PK Subban off the air oh, on another show." So, Chad, you're going to be a team player or what? How the hell am I supposed to respond to that? Oh Chad, yeah, I'll take down the whole station so I can let's, continue uh, breaking this. They know what they're doing with that. Let's give a better example. That, that's a good example. Let's give another one that we didn't use yesterday. You broke the story that Mike Fisher was coming out of retirement while we're on Radio Row at the Super Bowl, I believe. Yep, we're in Minnesota. There was a hesitation to, not from you, but from others, to go on air with that news because the Preds may be upset that they didn't break their own story. Yep, they were afraid that the Preds would be mad at them. And we don't they care do about things like that, nor should anybody care about that. If we have news and we still went with that it. is Chad credible it. news. It was accurate. That we don't care what the team thinks. It's, a, it's independent of the team. I went through some of this when we were leaving the zone that wanted to have some input into my website. I'm not giving anybody any editorial authority over my website. If I know something to be news, I'm going to write the news. That's how it works. The Titans don't have any any say in what I write in terms of news. The Predators don't have any say in what we pronounce when we learn something on the airwaves. It's just ridiculous. And as long as they think that they should have something like that, yeah, they have a problem. That's unreasonable. Have none of them worked for teams in bigger cities where they really see how big media operates? Well, and I want to bring it back to this also. The media takes a lot of heat, and rightfully so in a lot of instances. But when you're complaining about sports media, especially sports media, that seems way too deferential to the local team, or is it's all happy talk about the local team? These teams bear a lot of the responsibility for that. And the Preds are first and foremost in this city. They whine and bitch about anything that is not overly glowing about them and their organization. I think that there are far too many people in the city of Nashville who have had sunshine provided up their ass for years. <laughs> that they have this how dare you mentality if you question anything. We had a similar problem with Butch Spearden, who runs the Convention and Visitors Bureau about this. You saw how much of a jerk he sounded like when they had to have cop shelter in place because his fireworks wouldn't allow five minutes to go off before that happened. And how defensive of a posture he took. We're better for this now. Uh, it was a company that had people, I don't know who the employees are, cops are fine, everything. This is the, the, the posture of, of these teams. So you as the consumer, as you start to complain more and more about, and rightfully so, quite frankly, radio stations and publications that have an affiliation with a team, when you complain about how soft they are on these teams, know that it's not just the media member that's at fault. It is the Sean Henrys of the world, the Kevin Wilsons of the world, that will come and threaten those media members by doing something like breaking news about their team. That's part of the problem, and it's a bigger part of the problem then people want to put their finger on and say, oh, you're a part of the issue too. It's very in vogue just to blame the media for being soft or for being overly critical about something that they love or whatever it may be. Start blaming these teams also. Because, Paul, somewhere along the way, and you've done this for years and years dealing with teams, it has changed. It is state-run media. It is Eastern Bloc Europe with a lot of these teams and what the coverage that they want. It is North Korea when you go to some of these teams with what they want from a coverage standpoint. And it pisses me off. It should piss you off. 
It's something we're not going to play on this show, and it's evidence of that right now because we're calling out two people and an entire organization. And we didn't play it where we were, but where we were is now heading increasingly that direction, which is part of why we're not there. And it's par for the course on, on what we're seeing uh, and what we've witnessed uh, across you know, different platforms over the years uh, w with this. Uh, and, and just to clarify, when Chad says threatened, uh, what he means is removing uh, predators, personnel, players, head coaches from other shows on the station we were working for. So we could be the bad guy. So we, we would play the bad guy. And it's up to us to stop or P.K. Subban was not going to be allowed for his weekly appearance on the afternoon show. My guess is P.K. Subban would have done whatever he wanted to do because he was the boss whenever he was here in Nashville making those decisions. Uh, there's a reason why he chose to go on the zone and not the game, let's put it that way, uh, when they would have loved to have the face of the franchise on their flagship station. You also um, mentioned... But the, the, the threatening is not anything physical. It's straight. I don't, yeah. don't want to hear the podcast and people that didn't hear yesterday's show well, think that. Uh, and you know certain people would take it that way. Yeah, and physically there's zero that the people we're talking about could do to me. <laughs> Uh, so that would not that that would be a that would be a very hollow threat right. if the person we're talking about physically threatened me. I, I've got him by about nine inches and seventy pounds, so that would be a problem for him. You guys also mentioned yesterday, lest anyone think that this was uh, this was a, a joke or or kidding. Um, at at the old place, uh, we were in the midst of a sponsor change for our show, a title sponsor. Yes, and. Um, when that became known, one of the entities that called to inquire about sponsoring our show was the Nashville Predators. Now, anybody would know that this is ridiculous, the idea of a team sponsoring a radio show, which would occasionally be critical of said team. The only reason that you would inquire about such a sponsorship, and the Predators basically sponsored the game station, where no one is ever critical of them. The only reason you would talk about sponsoring uh, a radio show is to gain control over what that radio show says about you. We, as a trio, including Reed, said we cannot be sponsored by a team that we talk about um, and, and got some pushback in terms of you guys don't decide who sponsors you, <laughs> to which we said we don't want to decide who sponsors us. We want to decide that these guys don't sponsor us. It's, it's a path to disaster. Ultimately, it doesn't come to fruition. But that they would even throw their hat in the ring on some small level to be in the conversation says something, I think, about their modus operandi. Well, okay, and we're not, we weren't working at the flagship of the Nashville Predators. So if we have these horror stories about being threatened oh. with guests being pulled off, imagine if you paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to a radio station, like the Preds do, to another local station in town. Now imagine the BS they've had to deal with over the years. That's not my story to tell. If someone on that station wants to join us on our show and tell those stories, by all means, open invite. Come on and tell us those stories. They won't because they can't, because the Preds pay them so much money. But this is just the tip of the iceberg. If we have these horror stories... Imagine working for the flagship of that organization and being told how you must address on and off ice issues and the threatening emails and calls uh, they've received. And, and the, look, the power to remove someone from their job. You know, that's, 
that's a pretty powerful thing, obviously. I mean, that, that's, again, we're talking tip of the iceberg here. Uh, look, the, the, there's no reason this shouldn't be made right. There's no reason David Poyle shouldn't do the best inter interview that he does in, the, in Nashville sports media again on a, on a regular basis. And quite but frankly, I don't, there's I don't no reason that David Poyle should, should be uh, guided by a PR guy who's got issues with us instead of guided by what he wants to do. I don't want to make it right. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll make it right with the next media relations director. I, I, I'm not here to make it right with them. Jonathan Hutton can text David Poyle whenever he wants. David Poyle is a man that doesn't get easily offended and can move on from things because his job is bigger than what the media relations director does. And he likes good, thoughtful questions. And guess what this show does? Good, thoughtful questions that produce news when he comes on with us. David Poyle's fine with us. I'm fine with David Poyle. I'm fine with Preds players. This is an issue that goes to the top of their organization with two people. But if David Poyle wants to come on the show, I'm good with making it good with David Poyle. There's no making it good with him. He's fine. I have no interest. You keep saying making it right with him. i got no interest. And making it right with either one of them. Making it right with him, I'm saying him making it right I, with us. There's no making it right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's done. Like that's that that ship has sailed. We can't even get a response to an interview request. Oh, if I want to so. go to a Preds game, I'll buy a ticket and yeah. go to a Preds game. They're not keeping me out of the building. <laughs> you gonna throw a catfish? I think the guy I, should I, attempt. I might get arrested, but <laughs> I'll leave that for a catfish, Jake. I think the guy should attempt to do what's right, and I think for the first time in the history of Nashville professional PR, it could be somebody coming and saying, hey, I, I messed this thing up. I'm going to try to fix it. Uh, my guess is they're reaming someone else out over this right now. Someone they else have, is, they're angry at someone else now. They have, they have zero interest in making it right with us, and yeah. that's fine. They can't even respond to an email that Hutton and Reed have sent. They're not going to try to make it right with us. I have no intention of them making it right with us. I don't care if they make it right with us. But if we wanted to go full on with this story, there is a way that they're going to have to make it right with their entire ticket base. <laughs> That's Know accurate. that. And this has been stated in an email that they won't reply to. That's yep. going to be a big problem and a huge story. Not a threat, but news. It's, yeah. And again... If we have news, it's not a threat. we determine it's what a, happens a, with the news. It's not a threat. It's a promise. And that's, I mean, we hold the power with that. We hold news. Yes. And it's accurate and truthful. So, uh, and, and again, I'm, I, I am hoping that uh, Sean didn't say that behind the scenes. I'm getting that secondhand. So we'll, we'll see if Sean agrees with that or not. We need confirmation well, well, Sean on something that was to told third hand as to a reason why uh, we weren't going to be getting David Poyle. Right. That's, yeah, we're, we're awaiting confirmation on that. Yeah, but they've deleted a number since. It as, comes up as spam. Well, as media it. members, we're doing the right thing and going through the proper channels on this. Yeah. As it's slow played. It's just very disappointing. And, uh, Paul, I'm glad you wanted to chime in on this because you have witnessed this behind the scenes as much as we have. You've been in all these meetings. I'm very impressed that I've never um, picked up the phone to call him. <laughs> great restraint. For those um, who say I don't show restraint. Yeah, that's true. Um and, you know, we, I won't sit here and say this is the last we'll get into it. We'll get into it whenever we feel like it's necessary. But we've set our peace now. And uh, there are other things we can get into down the road if we need to. Um, you know, there was a part of me yesterday that said, you know what, I'll just leave it where it was. And uh, it's in a good spot. Right? But that's not necessarily true. Because there will be something else down the road that comes up that's added on to this. David Reed is a season ticket holder. 
will have decisions to make down the road that will become a topic, I'm sure. There, there are other examples from other media members that we've heard about and that we know about that can tie into a lot of things. Um, and it's just a it's, a, it's a poor example of how to go about media relations in a market that craves your product. I mean, it, we have seen the Preds at the pinnacle of the city not too long ago. We saw what it did downtown. And to, to think where it was then to now is it's just bad. That's all I can say about it. Well, and if you liked uh, what we've been talking about in this topic, then you can thank David Reed for it because he opened the door with his primary yeah, complaint. Yeah, thank you, Reed. And if you've hated the coverage and what we've talked about the last couple of days, you can also blame David Reed for that because he opened the door with this. And uh, I personally want to thank David Reed for opening the door with his primary complaint. You could uh, let at Preds PR know what you think. <laughs> or at Preds NHL. They'll see it. Um, thanks for... Uh, sticking with us during that long segment. Coming up, Chad is headed to Knoxville for an NIL event that he will be on stage with some University of Tennessee athletes, um, some decision makers for NIL, and, and other factors uh, and benefactors that go into all of these decisions that players now have, that athletes now have on college campuses. Chad gives us a preview of some of the things he's going to be bringing up and who he's going to be talking with both from the university and outside supporters. That's straight ahead on Outkick 360. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to Outkick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.